0: Hey everyone, welcome to TaxCast with Chelsea, where I give you a small dose of interesting tax news and answer commonly asked tax questions. Today, I'm only going to review one topic because let's face it, I'm staring at the finish line of tax season and working long hours right now to meet the April deadline. I promise though, this will be an episode you don't want to miss, especially if you're self-employed. What do most people fear the most? It's getting those dreaded letters from the IRS that either request more information or if you're being audited. Let's review what to expect if you get a CP2000 notice, or if you've been selected for examination, and how to prepare a response for either of these two situations. I'm not sure if Shakespeare's plays are taught anymore, but I distinctly remember reading through the drama Julius Caesar allowed in my sophomore year English class. The suspense generating with the Roman warning of Beware the Ides of March, and then being immortalized with Julius Caesar's dying words, et tu, Brute. Fast forward 21 years later and the tragedy continues in the form of taxation. This dread and anxiousness around the tax code expands to most people and only intensifies when a person receives a letter from the IRS, hence our tax topic for today. I've spent time in past episodes describing the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act and how the IRS has been allocated billions of dollars over the next 10 years. Remember that of the $80 billion Many lawmakers and citizens are considered alarmists with their concern that $45.6 billion was allocated to enforcement area alone inside the IRS. We were assured by Janet Yellen back in August of 22 that an increase in audits wouldn't occur for those making less than $400,000. Like many practitioners, I was skeptical back then and can now assure you that the alarmism was not in vain. Our small firm has already seen an increase in in different types of IRS letters from clients as well as audits, not because the return was filed incorrectly or the client was in error, but simply the IRS is now in a position to trigger taxpayer reviews. So today I want to describe examples of what we are seeing in regards to the different types of IRS letters and then how to respond if you find yourself under scrutiny. Okay so let's go through two areas of what most people typically call IRS audits the first is a letter called a cp2000 letter in which the irs is disagreeing with a filed tax return and explaining why they disagree on the first page of the letter they will show the assessment of additional tax to, plus interest and penalties this can be the equivalent of getting the wind knocked out of you it's okay to take a deep breath here practice that yoga breath four count in four count out and then read the why why they think you owe more. Once you finish, remember this important fact. You have a chance to agree and pay the tax or disagree with this letter. It's not final. You are given an option at this very moment to review your return, the support you had used, and write a letter explaining why you might disagree with their assessment. If you disagree with their assessment, start building your case in an outline of the why. Make sure you find all the documentation of the why you disagree. When you're done, I recommend that you fax your response to the IRS along with all of your support. Please do this. Do not mail your support if at all possible. A fax oftentimes can give you a confirmation of receipt of delivery and then gets integrated faster into the IRS system to be reviewed. Also create the expectation in your mind that there is a waiting period. You will not get a confirmation of receipt thanking you for your response. It could be months before you hear from them. No news is often good news signaling it's been re- being reviewed or at least in line to be reviewed. You can always call the number listed on the CP2000 after and find out what the status is. Once they have reviewed your response, they will mail you a follow up letter either agreeing with your fact pattern and removing the assessment or asking you for more information. Here are a few examples of CP2000 letters that our clients have received in which the return was filed correctly but the IRS was not able to match their records or follow the paper trail. One, what that was received was an Airbnb client who had filed a Form thirty one fifteen for catch-up depreciation for her Airbnb. At the time, she was a new client and didn't know she could depreciate the home. This caused a passive activity loss for her 2020 tax year, which carried into the 2021 tax year. In 2021, she had Airbnb income, which was offset by this loss, thus reducing her overall tax burden. In the CP2000 letter that she received, the IRS was unable to track the loss, which had already been generated by the 2020 tax return and therefore disallowed the loss included on her 2021 tax return. So in response, we had to provide the detail and the documentation showing where the loss came from, from her 2020 tax return, and why it was allowable on the 2021 Schedule C for her Airbnb. As a quick side note, Episode 11 talks about the 481 adjustments and Form 3115 and why you'd want to go ahead and do the catch-up depreciation if you've never taken it properly before. Another example we've seen recently was a CP2000 letter not following the Roth basis from a previous year Roth conversion, and therefore the IRS was assessing additional taxes on a 1099-R, which is a retirement distribution. In 2020, the client had a $70,000 Roth conversion and properly paid the tax on that conversion. Then in 2021 the client provided another $50,000 1099R showing a early Roth distribution. This situation was a little trickier for the IRS to follow and there were multiple issues going on here in which the client had to respond to. First, the client didn't did not have this Roth for more than or for 5 years or more and they were under the age 59 and a half, and then they also ended up rolling another $15,000 from that distribution back into the Roth within the 60-day rollover period. The timing of that 60-day rollover ended up being not uh, posted in the system, the fiduciary system, until 2022 on a corrected $5,498. Also, for the 2021 tax year, the client had used some of this money for medical expenses, and this was able to reduce the early withdrawal penalty by another $700. In this scenario, we had to respond to the IRS showing the paper trail from 2020 to 2021, which included copies of 1099 forms, copies of the 5498 showing the Roth balances, um, a copy of the 2021-5329 from the tax return, which is the additional taxes on qualified plans. We also had to show the Roth basis forms from the tax returns and then also provided substantiation through a detailed list of health expenses that had reduced the early distribution penalty for that client. Overall, the detail was extensive, but showed that the client did not need to pay additional income tax on a Roth distribution, but only a portion relating to the early withdrawal penalty, which had already been filed. So, what to include when you respond to a CP2000 letter? Well, you can see responding to a CP2000 can often mean that you have to provide the paper trail for the IRS to understand the tax treatment described in the tax return under question. To respond, create the letter that outlines the disagreement, partial or all, and then create the support that explains this position. It is best to be concise clear and to include everything in that first response. What I mean is to assume that the IRS employee who's reading your letter is newly hired and maybe doesn't know that much, so the letter should be clear and logical in the explanation, with a trail showing point one, see Exhibit A, point two, see Exhibit B, and so on. Make the IRS's job easy in agreeing with your position. Lastly, you could get an actual audit in which the IRS sends a letter describing that you have been selected for examination. Their intent with this letter is for you to provide all documentation that they have requested to prove the correctness of your return. The clients that we have seen get selected are typically self employed or own a separate business. The IRS wants to see the support for their income, deductions, or credits and review against the totals that they had taken on the tax return. A self employed realtor of ours just got this his audit letter for the 2020 and 2021 tax years. The IRS is requesting review of his auto expenses, so think detailed mileage log, advertising, supplies, travel expenses, meals claimed, and other expenses. So basically all his deductions for both years. For proof, he can provide canceled checks, proof of payment, invoices, or receipts to substantiate his claim to the deduction. The timeline of first receiving this letter Pulling all the support together, sitting under examination, and then getting the results can vary. The letter requires first a call to the IRS within 10 days to schedule the examination. I will say that in this case of this client, he is still yet to be scheduled since no one will answer his phone call. No other option to communicate here. Once the examination gets scheduled, though, if circumstances arise that he needs an extension, he can request additional time at that time. I know, I know. You're thinking, this is so much work. This is the point you realize why I'm talking about beware the Ides of March and the drama that could unfold. So in light of this, I believe it is best to be proactive by keeping your record keeping as airtight and accurate as possible. If you are a person that doesn't keep receipts or an actual mileage log, then now is the time to change. The record keeping should match your accounting that matches your tax return. I recommend either keeping everything organized in a paper system or electronic pdf system. A hybrid method could cause confusion on where something is stored. Most people keep their records from year to year in an alphabetized system by vendor. That way they can quickly pull receipts if asked, since typically vendor expenses are recorded in the same accounting category. Also to note, the IRS wants to see copies of the 1099s that the realtor had issued for both years. If he cannot produce the 1099s issued, then he will be disallowed those expenses and income will increase, along with the assessment of taxes, penalties, and interest. Please, please remember to issue your 1099s that you're supposed to each year, and also keep a copy. Your old accountant, your old software, or your old girlfriend who issued them for you may no longer be available to assist. Ultimately, the best way to not just survive, but thrive through an audit is to have great records that are easily accessed in times of showing the proof. Thanks again for listening today. If you like this podcast, then please hit subscribe and also add a five-star rating so that other people can listen too. Feel free to connect with me and let me know your ideas for a future tax cast.